God's people gather to hear the word of God and there they hear the peace talks that God has arranged and he has prophesied. And there they go out with God's message of peace to all the world and they spread it. This message is from Rock of Ages Lutheran Church in Peace in Arizona, November 27, 2022. Isaiah 2, 1-5 Peace Talks What comes to your mind when you hear those words? Maybe there's a sense of optimism in the, the human race as you hear peace talks and think perhaps we'll achieve some measure or degree of peace. But then, then isn't there also that cynical side of you that hears the word peace talks and thinks that whatever the third party or arbitrator comes in, those peace talks will often fail. And sometimes even if they do end up in securing some measure of peace, it'd be a very tenuous short-lived peace. Or, for example, like in Korea, there might be rumors of ceasefire, but the war won't end. Technically, the Korean War, which is listed as from 1950 to 1953, technically the two sides are still at war. And when you hear peace talk applied to other places in the world today, you probably are thinking that the peace isn't going to be real. After all, the world has been building up its military might. Nations like China, for example, have increased their military spending for the last 25 years. And even our nation, which, although it may have a decrease in enlistments and enrollment from the military, still has what amounts to a spending on the military a total spending that is over 30% of the entire global spending on military. How's that for a measure of securing peace talks? And yet it still can't. No security, no peace will be real. No arbitrator can come into this world to promise and bring us peace, except for the one, the Lord. Unless the peace comes from the Lord himself, those peace talks will fail. But if they come from the Lord, they cannot fail. That's what we see in our shirt of today as we look at God's word from Isaiah chapter 2. And there we find the promise of a king who will come and he will bring us peace. You see, in the writing in Isaiah chapter 2 and during Isaiah's time, the temple of the Lord was a measure of security and peace. You see, the Lord had put his name on that temple. And his house had stood for 400 plus years. And around 400 years of the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem, the people of Israel enjoyed the, the fact that they were independent. They lived as a nation and they were, for the most part, secure. But that was coming to a time of crumbling and ruin in the time of Isaiah. The temple of the Lord, which sat on Mount Moriah, didn't seem so secure or so high and mighty in the time of Isaiah. In fact, pressures for decades now have put the city of Jerusalem and had put in Isaiah's day the people in the city and the temple on edge. Peace was not a sure thing. And they had even come to the point of crisis. Isaiah warns them that they can't avert this. See, what happened sadly was the people had turned away from the Lord. 
the city which bore God's name, and the, the temple, the house of the Lord, where the people were supposed to gather everywhere to faithfully worship, had now, for the most part, been left behind. And people had turned to worship the gods on the high places of other hills and mountains. And the temple in Jerusalem was for many years and for the most part left and abandoned as the people turned to other gods. And that once faithful city of Jerusalem had turned unfaithfully to worship other gods. Because of this, the warning came out from the prophet Isaiah. You will be ashamed. And as the, despite the fact that the, the nation was building swords and spears to try to secure their peace, Isaiah said, The mighty man will become tinder. His work will be a spark. Both will burn together with no one to quench the fire. You know, a few decades after Isaiah had warned this, his warning came to fulfillment. The city of Jerusalem was destroyed and the temple was ruined. And the peace that the people longed for could not be found. You know, you look at the, the world around us and you might see a, a pretty similar situation. Wars, rumors of wars, People securing peace by building up their military, by trying to secure their own strength, and yet the peace is never secure. And it's not just the wars that take place around the world. I've heard a lot of talk lately from people talking about the insecurity that they have here at home. You only have to search the news for the word shooters and you'll find almost a daily report coming up. In fact, one of our members had her brother nearly hit by a stray bullet from a shooter. God sent his angels and protected him with that near miss. Where is peace? And even here in our small town, it wasn't that long ago that there was a rage and a shooting and lives were taken. How can we find hope and peace? Certainly we could look for a leader or a ruler who might bring about that peace, but we're not going to find it in this world. We could try to secure peace as we fortify ourselves and build up our arms and our military and continue to be the largest spending nation in the world many times over for military defense, but the peace won't be there. And you can even die to try to bring someone peace, but that won't bring them peace or spare them from death. Where do we turn? You know, when we look at all of the, the unrest, the violence around us, the waging of war, the raging of people fighting one another, it's enough to make the people of God just cry out, Come, Lord Jesus. Where do we look? We need not look any further than the peace talks recorded for us by our God in Isaiah chapter 2. He says, as Isaiah speaks to us, in the last days. He's not speaking just to the, the people in the city of Jerusalem. He's speaking to us who here now live in these last days, the time between when Christ first came, the Messiah came and will come again. In the last days, he says, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains. It will be exalted above the hills, and all nations will stream to it. 
you know, some will take this picture of the, the Lord's temple on a mountain and they'll, they'll see this as it must be fulfilled as a, a literal physical lifting up of God's temple in Jerusalem to be higher than any other house of worship. And as interesting as an idea that might be, they're kind of missing the point. You know, today the, the highest inhabited, permanently inhabited city or really just a town in the world, is about the same size as Payson. It's La Rinconada in Peru. And this city sits at three miles elevation. But the city actually, despite having the same number of people as our town, it actually lacks basic things that people would consider in an ordinary, comfortable town. It doesn't have running water. It doesn't have a sewage system. You see, just being high up in elevation doesn't mean that you're prominent or well off. No, the, the prophecy here that the Lord's temple will be lifted up means what often you find when Hebrew talks of someone or something being lifted up, as the NIV translates here in verse 2, will be exalted above the hills. God's temple, his house, will be prominent and will be exalted, lifted high as it is honored and as God himself makes it great. Above all the other places of worship will be the house of the Lord. And some will try to limit this to the, the physical temple of Jerusalem, but they misunderstand as well. Jesus said that temple would be torn down and destroyed. And it was. And Jesus also said that a time would come when people would not worship him on Jerusalem, but rather would worship him in spirit and in truth from everywhere. He was speaking of the time when the worshipers of the Lord would gather in his name and his kingdom, his church, would be found wherever two or three gather in his name. This is what Isaiah is speaking of. The Lord's temple will be established as the highest among the mountains. All nations will stream to it. This prophecy of Isaiah has been fulfilled in God's church. Just consider as you look back in history and see people from all over in the last days, in these last days, streaming from every nation, every language, every corner of the world to gather in God's house. And where is God's house? Many people will come and say, Come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord to the temple of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so we may walk in his paths. God's house is where God's people gather, and they gather to hear the word of the Lord. Jesus said that he is present wherever we gather in his name. And there where we gather around God's word and his supper, his sacraments, there we find the house of the Lord. And every nation around gathers and says, let's go to God's house. And they go, listen, to pay attention to the word of God. That's what it means as we, we gather to worship here and where Christians gather all around the world. They gather to listen to God's word. And not only do they gather to listen, but they carry that word to the world. In the last days, the law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. God's people gather to hear the word of God, and there they hear 
the peace talks that God has arranged and he has prophesied. And there they go out with God's message of peace to all the world and they spread it. Consider how the church throughout history has done this. As people have gathered in God's house, they too have spread God's word. As people sent missionaries all across Europe and Asia and Africa. And in the church today, we see the world is reached by Christians everywhere as the word of the Lord goes out from his house. And the church sends missionaries and the gospel, the peace of God is proclaimed. Even, even in our small church body, our small Lutheran synod, the word of God is spread to places like Vietnam, like war-torn Ukraine, like Japan, Malawi. And even although we're not reaching La Rinconota, Peru, we are reaching parts of Peru with contacts and church plants. God's word has gone out from his house, just as Isaiah prophesied. And notice, though many people today are turning away from the Lord, and it seems like there are so many who are turning to immorality and turning aside from the truth, Isaiah prophesied, many, many will come, and nations will stream to it. Many peoples will come and say, let us go to the house of the Lord. Consider the countless throughout history who have gathered in God's house and who have spread his word. And still today, around this world and everywhere. And what word do they share? It's the message of him, of our king. He, verse 4 of chapter 2, he will judge between the nations and will settle disputes for many peoples. Jesus will come. In the last days, the one who came, first of all, in loneliness, will come again. And when Jesus comes, they will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. How's that for peace talks? You know, this world considers it a success when the measures of peace mean that people will, will stop increasing their military or that their military spending will reach a, a certain portion of their spending. Or maybe they'll, they'll get rid of a few of their nuclear warheads. But what is this? Not only is military spending decreased, not only does disarmament begin, but it is entirely reversed. So that no longer will there be any training for war and everything that was once used for war will be used in times of peace. It's a complete and full, absolute peace that will come. Are you looking for security and peace in this world? Do you want peace talks? This is our peace when our King comes and entirely reverses the pattern of this world, all the shooters, all the warfare, all the fear, gone at the coming of our King. This is already fulfilled in part in God's church. All the nations that gather there find peace with God and find peace with one another. And they train to spread the gospel of peace. And now as the people of God, we know we have this peace. It is ours because of the peace talks he came to secure. Consider how though the world wages in war, our victor, our king came to fight it for us. 
And though the, the disciples of Jesus drew their weapons, our king said, put away your swords. Shall I not drink the cup, the cup of suffering the Father has given me? And that he did. As Jesus, the holy Son of God, our King, came to suffer and to win that battle against all our enemies, against the devil, against death, and to bring a cease to all warfare and to bring us peace. Jesus, our King, paid the price, won the victory. And Isaiah's prophecy is that as our living king, he will proclaim a peace to all this world. He who died for us rose from the grave. And Jesus, our living king, gives us the peace terms. And the peace talks are this, your sins are forgiven. Share my peace to all this world. Let nations stream to my house and let the word of my mouth go out into all the world. God's peace talks. And because our King Jesus has come, and we know he will come again to bring us this lasting peace, we say along with all of God's church, come, descendants of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Let us gather in the house of our God, where we hear of this peace. Let us listen to the word of the Lord. Let us Share the word of our God as it goes out into all the world from his house. And let us walk in that light of the Lord, the light of peace, a peace which our King has promised. And until he comes and brings that peace everlasting, along with all of God's church, the many who have gathered and are still gathering, we say, come, Lord Jesus, come as our King.